This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. It is, as the band with the big voice said, it is the big show. We have temporarily lost Jake Scott, but we will reconnect with him. We have no idea what happened to him. Uh, is he there? I'm here. Oh, Hi, welcome Gordon. back. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're all right. Uh, do you want to go to Coach or do you want to go to Tim? We'll uh, we'll jump. Let's just jump out to Coach. But want to remind you, we're at Homie. And we'll catch up with Katie, hopefully, if the equipment holds out here. Uh, coming up here in a little bit. But go to homie.com. If you're selling a home, do yourself a favor. Save thousands of dollars. Go to homie.com. But they also do buying and, of course, homie title, homie loans. Uh, they're great. They'll they'll take care of the whole process for you. Go to homie.com. Of course, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he's my co-host on Jazz Pre, Half, and Post. The one, the only, Coach Tim Lacombe. What's going on, Coach? What's going on, homie? Does uh, well, I, does it weird you out that I call you coach? Because Gordon has some sort of problem with that. No, I don't have a problem with it. I just all I said was Tim. It seems like coaches like to be called coach so and so, even by people who they don't coach. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a sign of Jake's respect and re, you know the way his <laughs> reverence for my authority. I think that's probably what it is. Uh, so you're you're comfortable with it? Sure. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, for sure. And you know, because he's kind of my coach too. He he took a a very fledgling rookie um, out of the transfer portal. Uh, has has tutored him in greatness thus far, and and thus we go. Did he did he hand you uh, six figures? No, no. I did, <laughs> I was not I was not compensated like that. No. Mm-hmm. He probably should be, uh, but he, too, you're too kind uh, there, Tim. Uh, Tim, I, I threw something at you on the post game, and uh, maybe we can get into it a little bit here on the big show. You know, nobody Donovan Mitchell out is is not a good thing. I, I certainly, I'm not saying that. But the the time he's out now, and and how the team he was carrying the team a little bit before he got hurt. He was having all those big games. Could it actually be beneficial now that the other guys maybe? get a little something going in his absence, and then when you mix him back in, you hope everybody's got it going for the playoffs. You know, you certainly wouldn't choose it, but I think that that's the, the you know, the great thing in life is, you know, you're dealt a situation, you figure out a way to deal with it, and I think the Jazz have made the most of it, for sure. Uh, I think looking back in hindsight, you could say it actually is a positive thing because, like we talked about, you know, Bojan's worked himself out of kind of a little slump, um, you know, Jordan Clarkson starting to see the ball go in again. George Niang's having some real positive things happen. Royce as well. And, you know, Rudy just continues to play like Rudy. But, you know, with, with Donovan out of the out of the lineup, it, it really has allowed the other guys to really work on their game and, um, and have more reps and opportunities. And, you know, not to say that the Jazz weren't going just great, but, uh, you know, it's good for these guys to feel good. And then to know you've got Donovan coming back has got to be real comforting, too. So, Tim, you mentioned Bogdanovich there. He had a ragged game last night, at least in my estimation, as it went. But uh, some good thing he was three of eight from three. 
but uh, four of 13 overall. And it seems like sometimes he tries to force the ball by off the dribble and whatnot. And he had four turnovers. I just, is that a good thing for him to try and press the situation that way? Uh, is that kind of aggression good or is it a little on the risky side? Well, I think the one thing that, that, you can see with this team to a guy they really do within the context of the team they do work on expanding their game and i think it's worked really well uh you know you look at rudy i think he's uh a way better finisher this point of the season uh or this part of the his career than he was even three four weeks ago um you know and so i think it's important for those guys to work on things and stretch things and uh, you know, Boyan's drive game at times is really strong. I think uh, you, the main thing you want to do is you don't want a defense to totally settle that, hey, this is just a catch-and-shoot guy. I can play him this way. I think you always need to kind of take what's there. And, and you know, I agree with you, Gordon. He, From time to time, he'll have some tough games off the dribble. Um, but he, he is definitely, when he's going, when he's aggressive, I guess, and confident, I think the Jazz are a better team. So, there's part of it too that you'll almost live with a couple of those because you need him feeling you know good about himself in terms of uh, his confidence and, and what he can do out there on the floor. What do you make of the condensed schedule, Tim? We haven't talked a ton about this and its effect on uh, injuries. We saw Trey Young have an ankle sprain, and uh, I believe I just saw come across that it's a grade two James Harden had a, a setback on the hamstring do you think it's the schedule that's having these effects and what's it going to do to the playoffs do you think man it's it, it, it is alarming uh, we're starting to see you know more and more guys go down I again I've used this way too often but you know I, I we literally uh, I'm driving to Salt Lake you know sitting in a room watching this climate controlled now you never know what the climate's going to be <laughs> but it is climate controlled. Um, but we're not doing more than sitting, watching, talking. And I am flat from the four games a week is kind of what we've been on uh, up until this week. It, it's hard. I can't even imagine those guys playing, you know, mixing in back-to-backs, traveling. So it's got to be taking its toll. Um, I just hope that it's not, you know, doesn't become necessarily an epidemic. And, uh, you know, you certainly want all the real good players, you know, the stars playing at the end of the year. So, um, you know, hopefully there's some sort of remedy. Maybe teams will even take a little bit more precaution in terms of resting their guys. Tim, uh, speaking of the evolving uh, performances of some of these players, Mike Conley seems really comfortable now. And a lot of people have mentioned that this year, that he, he's made great advancement from last season. Last night he was—he uh, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he had another 13 assists. What do you make of his performances now and his command of uh, the Jazz's offense? Uh, you know, it just took some time. Uh, we talked about it a lot last year, and I don't think there was enough credence given to when guys move, like you know, organizational guys move after. Um, double-digit years in organization and, and living in a place and being comfortable is totally different. Um, and then the style of play, you know, uh, Mike ended, Mike had the ball in his hands a ton. I mean, I think he was close to mid-30s in usage rate, you know, when he was with Memphis. He was the guy that had the ball in his hands making the decisions. And coming here, it's almost like that was kind of split in thirds, and, and that's not a bad thing. 
It's just the way the Jazz choose to play. You know, they have multiple ball handlers and and to have shooters also. That's why they're doing all the things they're doing in a, from a crazy offense perspective this year. But I can't speak, you know, enough praise toward Mike because I think it would have been really easy to, uh, to you know, get steamrolled in the negativity. Um, and instead, he, he, he knew what he had. He knew who he, who he was. And he lived through that little dip. And, um, you know, it's no, not much more different than life. You know, you've got good days and bad days and good years and tougher years. And I think the main thing is stay the course and, and believe in yourself. And, that you know, Mike's kind of taught us that lesson. I think he's been, he's been really been an inspiration, you know, to watch and to watch how his impact on this team has been so positive. Tim, you've coached uh, many players uh, over the years, and uh, Gordon and I have talked a lot lately about improvement. We talked specifically today about all the different things Joe Ingles has added to his game over the years to to be playing so well. But uh, I'm sure you've seen players that have come in and proved a lot over your time with them, and probably players that have come in with a certain talent level and kind of coasted a little bit. My question is about the players that improve. Is there some sort of connective tissue? Is there a trait that they uh, they all have, or or something? you've seen in players uh, who who come in and really get a lot better? Probably a couple of things. Uh, number one, you know, work ethic speaks for itself, but the guys who improve certainly work at it probably a little harder than those who pretty much have it and just kind of can, can go out there and do their thing. So I think work, work ethic is a big one. Um, another one I think is, is persistence. Um, I think that's different than work ethic. I think it's the, you know, you get the courage up to do something and work really hard. Um, and you get some, some, uh, you know, some tough things back your way. Are you willing to continue? And I think that that's another piece that, you know, I've seen guys that have, you know, fought injuries and fought, you know, difficult things in their life and they just continue to come back and try to, to become better. Uh, I think those two things, work ethic, persistence, and a belief. You know, I think kids that get better are confident kids. You know, they look at the world as, um, you know, as a full of possibility as opposed to, um, you know, the things that they can't do. And I, I think those three things would be the things I'd point out um, from my experience that uh, really do are difference makers, work ethic, persistence, and belief. So, Tim, we mentioned Donovan Mitchell, and he's sitting out healing, uh, rehabbing. But other than those things, what do injured players do? I mean, it, it, I, I'm sure he's watching the games, but is he? Is there something else a player who is injured should do uh, to keep his mind sharp, to keep his head in the game, as it were, uh, other than just the physical rehabilitation? Um, you know, I, like I think what Jake said, I think this has got to be as difficult as it is for Donovan. There's got to be a piece of it. We've all gotten a week off of work, you know, and and gone somewhere cool and gotten away from stresses of the everyday part of our life. Um, so I think there's part of that. And, and whatever Donovan can do to fuel that, whether it's, you know, playing video games, uh, reading books, um, you know, connecting with old friends, Whatever it is that kind of feeds him, I think, is the important thing. And I think that that's how it is across the board. You know, we're all wired differently. Um, you know, we – some people get relaxed, you know, going to the racetrack and, and putting, you know, money on the line. Some people love to bowl, golf, uh, hike. You know, I think we're all wired different. And so as long as Donovan's just able to 
enjoy the fact that he's not, you know, uh, playing, even though it's difficult, you know, to be able to have a little bit of a break, I think maybe a positive thing. Jake, uh, what what would you do with a week? A week off? Oh no! Well, a week that you're, you know, rehabbing. But what, I mean, get what, to get to do whatever. Hmm. hmm. What would I do? Uh, golf sounds pretty good. You know, girl. Well, beach. you're kind of injured, so I don't know whether you could do that. Uh, okay. Uh, watch uh, Netflix. How about that? What would you do? No, girl? I know what you would do. You'd put on one of those cardigans of yours, and he. You'd uh, crawl up next to the fireplace and read a good book. That doesn't sound terrible. No, that doesn't sound terrible. With a little vinyl in the background. Yeah, that sounds all right. (laughs) Yeah, right there. Uh, Coach Tim Lacombe is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Last thing for me, Tim, and this is a a college basketball actually related question. As we uh, see, basically the the one transfer rule is uh, on its way to passing. I don't know if it's officially, official, officially, official yet, but it looks like it's going to go into practice over the next year. What effect, good or bad, do you think that will have on college basketball? Well, it's going to have an effect. And really, I think what whatever's left of, you know, doing it for the old ball, ball club or being a little loyal uh, on either side, coaching or playing, I think that's all now up in the, you know, that's gone. That's the old game. I think what we've entered now is a period of uh, yearly mercenaries. And, um, you know, I – as as hard as it is, I think maybe there's some good to it. Um, you know, players have uh, dealt with a lot and been probably held some more be more accountable to choices that they make than you know a coach can pick up and leave whenever. So I think there's some good in it, but I think overall, you know, again, it's just going to create or foster a environment of what can you do for me, and it's only going to be really the kids that I like I talked about kids that are willing to fight through hard things and uh, battle and you know you're going to see way more transfers than non-transfers I'm going to tell you that and that's the part of it to me that you know you can't really identify anymore with watching a college team play and knowing their guys and following them through their career because their careers are going to be cut short you know for a myriad of different reasons but the transfer thing is going to play a big impact on that. So, Tim, let me ask you this kind of a tricky question to answer for you. But as you were coaching all these basketball players, um, Jake used a word the other day that, that kind of troubled me a little bit, but he, he said they, some of them are indulged. Did you notice that that was the attitude of some of the players that you had to, quote, unquote, well, coach and deal with? Um, indulged and titled. Yeah. Oh, I, and I think that just comes with the territory. You know, uh, I, I actually had a buddy who kind of always wondered what went on. He's a very successful business guy and kind of always wondered what went on out at these events, these AAU events. And so I said, Hey, if, uh, if you'll fly me out there, you can go with me. And <laughs> so I used it as a, as a ride out to, to the East coast and he went with me and, and we went on his plane and got out there and he walked in the very first day and he's like, dude, I can see through this whole thing. You know, all these guys, these kids are all on the take and there's people out there moving money around. And, you know, he had it all kind of broken down in one fell swoop. And uh, I, I think that, you know, there, there certainly is an issue um, with entitlement. And unfortunately I think 
you know, how do how do kids get entitled? They're taught that, and you know, where are they taught it? Well, that's that's what you got to figure out. But whether it's from home or AAU uh, coaches or whatever it is, the society, you know, it, it's it is a little bit like I said. It's what have you done for me, or what can you do for me, as opposed to the old days where hey, anything I can do for the team. And that's an attitude that has certainly grown, and it is difficult because, you know, as much as I love the game and everything, that's actually one of the factors that kind of drove me out of it. Um, you know, I got tired of feeling like, you know, there was always – I was always being judged, you know, and from one day to the next, one practice to the next, um, you know, you could go from being a great guy and a great coach to, you know, somebody that you couldn't trust and – and it just the game changed for me, so um, I think it's a, it's definitely there. I think it's evident, um, and it just is a byproduct now of what we see with what I talked about—kind of the climate of just not just loyalty, I guess, but just hey, I'm going to go try this for a year, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to move. Citizen Lacombe, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping on with us at all. As always, enjoy your night off. I've got another night off tomorrow, too, and I'll, I'll enjoy that one as well. Yeah, let's do it, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, see you, guys. See you Saturday. See you. There you go, Coach Tim Lacombe jumping on with us. He jumps on with us once a week, and, of course, my co-host for Jazz pre-half and post-game coverage. Boy, I'll tell you, Jake, uh, what he just said is a little bit sad. A little bit sad there. You know, Why is that? Drove him out of the game, at least in part. Yeah, okay. Know, uh, attitudes of certain players. Yeah, it's it's different, I think, than it used to be. Um, I, I thought you were descri- describing the inner workings of college basketball that he was describing. I was like, well, I don't know if that's sad per se. <laughs> uh, so sorry, I didn't know what you were alluding to. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's. I I think coaching is a difficult business for a lot of reasons, and and that certainly I bet is one of them. Do you think that's a, a function of the way kids or, or athletes are brought up these days? Is that a parental thing or is that a, a an institutional thing as far as like AAU tournaments and teams and things? What, Would it be cheating if I said all of the above? Because yeah. I think that all plays a bit of a role, you know? Yeah. I and, mean, think about think about star athletes at high school. I mean, they, they, they get treated uh, a certain way that might be different than – uh, Joe and Jill, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it would be interesting to find a way to cure that. Oh, I, I think it's, it's getting better before, or it's getting worse before it's getting better. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's been a, a process and you know, everybody wants a piece of, of these athletes at a younger and younger age. I mean, it, you know, look at LeBron James and uh, I'm, I'm just using LeBron as an example. I obviously don't know LeBron or his level of entitlement. That's not really the point, but since he got so much attention from so many people at such a young age, if he did grow up with a sense of entitlement, could you really blame him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not talking about the media per se. I'm talking about, um, look at the people that still surround LeBron to this day, you know, worldwide West. I mean, that's, that comes from when he was 13 years old and playing yeah. AAU basketball. So, and again, I'm, I, I don't know specifically about LeBron. I don't, uh, you know, he's, uh, I've never done anything more than interview him, but you know, if, if that were the case, you know, he was, he was a prodigy when he was a young teenager, probably before he was a teenager. That's a lot of attention. It's a lot of people telling you how great you are at a very young age. You know, could you really blame a kid for believing it and having that affect how they behave as adults? 
And he's an extreme case, but think about a player who might be coming to a college team who's just sort of okay. I mean, he's really good maybe compared to high school athletes, but he's not a great player, and he still somehow absorbs that kind of idea, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know uh, what can be done about that, really. Uh, I think a lot of it is what happens at home. I, I do. T I think it takes a parent who won't just jump in on his kid's side no matter what's going on on a, on a junior team or whatever, but to uh, bring some perspective to that that a kid can learn from. I've got a buddy who's a, a football coach here in the state at the high school level. He said it's unbelievable how bad it's getting even at that level. I just, believe the, it. just the attitude of both parents and kids. Uh, yeah, and just and just uh -huh. if you don't get to start day one, you're out of there and you can go anywhere you want. Oh. But some people think that's healthy. Nothing, Gordon? Nothing? Nope. All right. nope. You're not taking the bait. I don't blame you. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we're here at Homie. Our friend Katie is jumping on with us once again. And uh, Katie, let's talk. Uh, we got interrupted a little bit in the last one. We were talking about selling. You know, thank you very much. Wonderful equipment that seems to be holding. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Uh, but a lot of folks uh, out there, because the market is so good, probably interested in selling their home and uh, can can make even more. Yeah, it's a it's a great market to sell right now. Um, you can get a lot lot of your equity back and and invest that into something something different. Maybe your dream home. Maybe you're looking to downsize. You got rid of all the kids and now you got to find a a home to fit all the grandkids around the table. Or maybe you're looking to start a family and you need out of that townhouse and into a, right. a single family house. Um, so it's a great time to sell and get all that equity out. It's a great time to refinance. Um, it's a good time to buy as far as interest rates are concerned. Um, you know, you can get a lot of money or a lot more for your money right now. Interest rates are so low. Um, so it's a good time all around. Well, and you guys here at Homey are, are a good fit for somebody like me who would have no idea what they were doing, where to start, you know, how to come to a price and list and all those sorts of things. And since you have everything right here and all the, the personal assistance, you're perfect for somebody out there like me. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know what you're doing and you kind of don't want us to to, you're just like, you know what? I just want to save money. We're here to help you. We'll, you know, stay hands off if that's what you want. But if you need somebody to hold your hand and guide you through the whole process, they're experts. We know what we're doing. We're here to help whether you're buying, whether you're selling, whether you're refinancing. We've got you covered. All right here under one roof. All right here under one roof. Oh. Homie.com. Is that the place, the best place to start? Promo code HANDS? Homie.com. Promo code HANDS. All right. Save $1,000 off that listing, by the way. And if you buy with Homie, you'll sell the, the home for free. Yeah, right now, uh, buy with Homie. We'll sell your house for free. So really, it's not a no, no, lose, no losing here. So cool. All right. Homie.com. That's Homie.com. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.